And then in the 90s, uh, late 90s, we started using silicone as prosthetics instead of foam latex or gelatin. We started using silicone um, uh, for our little prosthetics on our aliens. So I was using that and about that time, I started noticing I was getting chest wrinkles. And uh, some of my actresses were as well. So I was like, "That's I'm, I'm gonna get rid of this. And uh, around the time, uh, coincidentally, I got thyroid cancer. I'm actually a 22 year survivor. But afterwards, they gave me a piece of silicone to heal my scar. And so I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Welcome to the Friends in Beauty podcast, a safe space for ambitious beauty industry creatives to have real talk, get real answers and practical tools to grow their businesses. My name is Aquia Robinson, and I'm a makeup artist, beauty educator, and the creator of Friends in Beauty. I created Friends in Beauty to support like-minded creatives, just like you, on their quest to connect, network, and build genuine relationships within the beauty community. Join me every week as me and my special guests reveal the keys to success and longevity in the beauty industry, and most importantly, have fun while doing it. You ready? Hey, what's up? It's your best friend in beauty, Aquia Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast. I am so happy to have you here, and I hope you're listening to this episode in high spirits and in good health. If you are a friend in beauty, I welcome you to join the Friends in Beauty Facebook community. If you're looking for a community of like-minded, ambitious friends in beauty to virtually connect with, network and share resources, then click the link down below in the show description to join us in the Facebook community and I'll be there to welcome you with open arms. Also, let's get social. Follow Friends in Beauty on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty. Additionally, the Friends in Beauty podcast is available on several platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And whatever platform you are listening from right now, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning into the Friends of Beauty podcast. I appreciate it more than you know. And I would love it even further if you took the time to leave a five-star rating, a review, a like, a comment, a share, a subscribe, a something (laughs) to let me know how you feel about the Friends of Beauty podcast. Additionally, Friends in Beauty is now on Patreon. So for as little as $3 a month, you can support the Friends in Beauty podcast. And there are also several tiers available that unlock Patreon exclusive content just for you, like behind the scene content of the Friends in Beauty podcast, bonus interview clips, a monthly Ask Me Anything discounts, and so much more. So if that's something that you're interested in, I'll leave the link down below in the show description for that as well. Also, if you'd like to stay connected even further, join the Friends in Beauty mailing list tribe. They are the first to know about all things Friends in Beauty, and I send out different resources and tips throughout the week. So if that's something that you're interested in, join us over there. And last but not least... Listen up. The most important thing is to share the Friends in Beauty podcast with your other friends in beauty, your family, your friends, anybody that you think could benefit from the information that is being shared. Share, share, share a way to help me grow the Friends in Beauty community. Now, on this episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast, I welcome Emmy Award winning celebrity makeup artist and creator of Silt Skin, 
Camille Calvay to the Friends and Beauty Guest Chair. Camille is an entrepreneur, a mother and wife, and a two-time Emmy Award-winning makeup artist with decades of experience covering up A-list celebrities' wrinkles and spots. While working on the set of Star Trek, Camille noticed how much smoother the actors' faces were when she removed the silicone mask they were wearing. Simultaneously, her doctor gave her a silicone patch to heal a scar, and in her words, it just clicked. In 1999, she went on to develop and create Silk Skin, a world leader in non-invasive wrinkle treatment. Silk Skin products are specifically designed to hydrate and smooth your skin, particularly on wrinkle-prone areas such as the brow, around the eyes, around the mouth, the neck, and the chest. The decollete pad for the chest wrinkles can also be used on the stomach and butt area. Silk Skin has become the best-selling wrinkle treatment pads in the world and shows no signs of slowing down. I had such a lovely time chatting with Camille and learning all about Silk Skin. I had never heard about it before, so I was truly intrigued. In this interview, Camille shares her early beginnings as a special effects makeup artist, the cool projects that she's worked on that led to her Emmy Awards, the most disturbing character makeup she's ever done, the amazing story behind the idea for Silk Skin, the development of the brand along with its success and challenges, what sets Silk Skin apart from other similar products on the market, what's next for herself and Silk Skin, and so much more. If you are a special effects artist, you will love this episode. If you or someone you know have been looking for a wrinkle treatment or preventative care for wrinkles, tap in because Camille's got you covered. She essentially took her knowledge of prosthetics, paired with the healing power of silicone and made something extremely innovative and it's so fascinating. Let's go ahead and jump into this chat with Camille. And if you prefer to watch our beautiful faces, then tune in on YouTube. Enjoy. Welcome to the Friends of Beauty podcast, Camille. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you um, about what you have going on. I've personally never seen anything like silk skin before. So I'm so excited to learn more about you and about silk skin today. Great. Great. Before we jump into it, though, we have to start off with some icebreakers just to get us warmed up. And so the friends and beauty audience can get to know you outside of beauty a little bit. Okay. So the first one, just give us three random facts about you. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, let's see. I have twins, 17-year-old twins. Okay. Um, I have been in California now for 42 years from New Jersey originally. Okay. And uh, I actually came out to LA to be a screenwriter and then fell in love with, with makeup effects. Okay. I love that. Are your twins boys, girls? Boy and a girl. A boy and a girl. Oh, that's yeah. So cool. I love One that. One time and done. <laughs> That's what I always say. If I ever get blessed to have twins, that is one and done. Mm-hmm. Got a boy and a girl, that's perfect. <laughs> okay, so are you a cat person or a dog person? Both. We have both. Um, uh, I think I'm more partial to cats. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm definitely a cat lady over here. I have a crazy cat named Cash that I found maybe like a, a little over a year ago, a little rescue cat. They're all crazy. They but are. I still love them. <laughs> like so full of personality is not even funny how much personality she has. 
So I have these things called pod decks that have these really random questions in it. One is a what the heck and a would you rather. This is what the heck and this is would you rather. Which one do you want? Would, would you rather? Would you rather? Oh, she's, she's trying to have some fun. Most people <laughs> always go for um, what the heck. I think because it's a green box and it just looks, you know, friendly. But let's see. Would you rather... <laughs> would you rather spend a year living at a nudist colony or within the Amish community? Amish. <laughs> Same thing. I don't want to be walking around seeing other people. They no, get no. <laughs> they don't need to see me either. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. What do people always tell you that you're good at, aside from what you do professionally? Punctuality. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, definitely always punctual and uh, always uh, creating things to uh, make things go faster. You know, um, uh, definitely. I'm always looking for the, the fastest route anywhere. Okay, so <laughs> do anything. Things that's more being more productive, things yes. that, you know, get you done quicker. And functionality is my thing. Like, I can't stand being late somewhere. I always tell people if I'm late, then just know it was not in my control. Like, yeah. I hate being late. If you can't be on time, be early. That's what I tell my kids all the time. Only one listens to me though. <laughs> they'll remember. They'll remember back in the you know in a few few more years. What is something that you don't enjoy doing and why? Picking up dog poop. <laughs> for obvious reasons <laughs> that's why I'm more of a cat person <laughs> and I always tell people that too like I don't have to walk my cat I don't have to clean up well, I have to clean the litter box but I don't have to clean up after her every single day she pretty much yeah. takes care of herself just put her food out and show the her kids are supposed to do it and they don't take care of the dog so it's like you know <laughs> so moms always have to do it as I say it falls on mom absolutely and the last one if you weren't the creator of silk skin what else could you see yourself doing Ah, let's see. Um, screenwriting. screenwriting. Definitely screenwriting, what I wanted to start doing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So you said you're originally from Jersey. Mm -hmm. you um, California? Uh, 1980. Really? Yes, because I was going to a, a film school in um, South Jersey, Stockton State. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a great film program there. Uh, little school uh, but they had a new dean come in and they uh, took away the, all the film because there was only a few kids in there and they uh, made it into a business school okay. so I had to I could graduate as a photographer but I didn't want that I wanted to stay within film and I couldn't afford NYU which I would have loved to have gone to so I packed up with a bunch of other kids and we camped camped across country because we didn't have enough money to even get uh, hotels. Mm -hmm. And uh, I came out here, I was accepted to UCLA, uh, but I had to wait six months to become a uh, resident of California. And then by the time I got there, they wouldn't take any of my credits as film undergraduate film student. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to California State University where I finished my film program. Awesome. Awesome. Have you um, dibbled and dabbled in screenwriting since then? Like, you know, I just found uh, one of my first uh, writings uh, and it was great because, you know, I, I think back now I knew the world. I knew everything. And, and uh, I didn't, you know, I was 20 and uh, um, yeah, I just found one of them. I kept writing for some time. I did. I would write uh, various little uh intros to screenplays or ideas 
but then you have kids and that all goes to the wayside. <laughs> Were you a, a creative as a child? Yes. Yes. I was yeah, definitely. I yeah. I was, I was an entrepreneur as a child as well. I would, um, I would paint rocks and sell them door to door as, as um, door stops. Uh, I was always trying to make a buck. I was, you know, too little to work. So I would, I would sell cats. I'd find cats and sell them. And one, uh, my mother met her best friend because I sold her, her cat back to her for 25 cents. <laughs> so, yeah, I was creative and making some money. Yeah, you had a little hustle in you, selling somebody yes. back their own cat. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So what ultimately led you into doing makeup from being having an interest in screenwriting? What was that pivotal moment that was like, you know, I want to try makeup? Well, I was, I had finished film school and I uh, was actually babysitting for an actress and uh, she was dating a production manager. So I hustled him <laughs> and said, hey, I just got a film school. Do you have anything? You're doing a film. So he hired me as craft service, mm -hmm. a PA, a production assistant, but I was doing craft service, which was doing all the food yeah. for everybody. And it was on a little horror film. Uh, with Barbie Benton from way back, which this is the early 80s. Okay. And um, uh, one of my jobs was to come in, they were doing a cutthroat gag on this actor and, and blood would pour out. And so they brought me in, they said, can you, in between takes, can you clean up this blood? Mm -hmm. And so I was just fascinated. How are they doing that? How did they make that neck spurt blood every time? So after I cleaned up the blood, I went into the makeup trailer and I was and never left uh -huh. and uh, just started following um, uh, uh, Alan Opone is his name. He was my mentor. I just followed him around, followed him around. And when he when the film was over, I went to his makeup lab, mm -hmm. you know, and I had no experience. So he said, finally, he's like, you got to go. You have to go to school. You have to go to makeup school. Okay. So um, I went to makeup school. And then the minute I got out, I went right back there and, and uh, uh, worked on my first film for him. As I, well. love I love that so much. What makeup school did you go to? Elegance International. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called EDI or something now. It's still here in Hollywood. Nice, nice. So did you go like straight into special effects or did you like beauty as well? I like beauty and I had to learn it. Of course, you have to know all your stuff, but I did go straight into special effects, uh, working in all the, the labs. I was actually one of the original women in the 80s. There was not many women. Uh, we actually have a book about us called uh, Leading Ladies of Makeup Effects. Okay. It came out about two years ago because uh, there was just a handful of us at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we each, each lab had a girl, it seemed like each one, but, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was difficult. You know, I was just like one of the guys dressed in baggy clothes, picked up my fair share of, um, uh, molds. It was like, I wouldn't, I wasn't going to let them put me down just because I was a girl. I was going to, yeah. I was going to do that. Okay. Do you get to do like a lot of character work or is it mostly like scars and like gory stuff? I love character work. That's probably one of my favorites. But um, yes, I, you know, I went on to do, I've done monster movies. I've done Friday the 13th. I've done, you know, so I've done gore movies, horror movies. I love character when you're just, you know, just a little something, maybe a little prosthetic to change their face. Uh, that is one of my favorites. Then I went on to Star Trek and I was on Star Trek for like over 10 years. 
Okay. Uh, and I did the I did the television series as well as uh, every break you did a film as well. Okay. So I was doing aliens for a long time. So nice, nice. So when you do special effects like that, is it typically like a large team of people that's like working on one person to execute the look? Um, yes, yes. To to ultimately yes to create the look, the you know the hair, the makeup, the sculpting. The, you know, the, the mold making, the fabricating of the pieces. Yes, there's a huge, there's all these makeup effects labs. And then it goes and they bring it to you on set. And then you're on set and you do the application. And, and many times we have to double team mm -hmm. with another artist to do, because some of these are intense makeups. Mm -hmm. um, so then, yeah, you double team. So there's a huge, huge group that goes into that. On Star Trek Deep Space Nine, um, many days we'd have like 40 artists in doing the various aliens. And so there's, a, there's always big teams. It's wow. a collaboration. Definitely. Wow. I love that. That is, that is so cool. I always wonder how people come up with like the, the idea for the, what the character is going to look like. Cause I watch, I think it's, is it face off or something like that? Yes. 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 I love that show so much and just seeing the creativity behind you know, yes, Michael like Westmore, his daughter Mackenzie is the one that hosts it. Michael Westmore is the, he's from the Westmore family of, uh, they were, they go far as back as I think his great grandfather was Valentino's in the twenties and the talkies, but he okay. was their makeup artist and, uh, and each one of their brothers have run uh, makeup departments for various studios. So yeah, so I had, I was with him on Star Trek. So I was right under him and just learned everything I could possible. But he's the creativity. He would come up with aliens right and left. And, and uh, he would just come up some days and, and we called it the Westmore alien. He would come up and goes, we need a new alien, um, you know, to walk on the promenade because it was like a space mall. And um, he would just grab into bags, foreheads, noses, whatever. <laughs> put it all and go, okay, now put this on and do it in these colors. And so he's extremely creative. I love that. It was um, Star Trek one of your like, most iconic jobs that you had or what other kind of things have you done? Well, it was the, it was my longest job that I was on uh, for any amount of time. Um, I think my most creative was when I did, um, I worked with Tom Cruise for about a year. Uh, we did Vanilla Sky. And uh, actually, I think I have a picture of it here. Yeah. Had to do a, like a palsy makeup on him. Right. And uh, <clears throat> it was very challenging because he gives 100% uh, and 110%. And you have to give at least 100 right. to match his, his, his creativity. And uh, our head makeup artist on that, Michelle Burke, she went through probably 350 designs until we settled on, uh, I think, three or four. And we did all the makeup tests. And he kept saying, you know, if the makeup doesn't work, I can't do this movie. So it's like, oh, my gosh, there's a lot right, of us right now. Yeah, so um, I think besides when I took my union test, that was the, uh, the best I ever felt about doing a show. And when I finally saw it, I was like, I didn't, I didn't want to close my eyes and grimace, you know, cause some other times you're like, Oh, I should have done that. I should have done that. But Vanilla Sky was just, it was beautiful work. And it was, it was definitely him uh, really pushing us to the, you know, there, you can't make errors. That's it. He doesn't make errors and you're not allowed either. <laughs> 
I love the pressure though, like that, not the pressure, but like, yeah, like a friendly kind of pressure to, you know, get it right and execute. Yeah. yeah. yeah what's that's the, the best I ever felt. <laughs> I love that. What's the longest um, application that you ever had to do for one oh, character? One of my very, very first um, horror movies, The Unnameable. Mm-hmm. And mind you, this is back when we, we didn't even have makeup labs. We were in garages. So, and we did this, um, it's a Lovecraft uh, beast, beautiful, beautiful. I wish I had a picture of her, just gorgeous, um, kind of a lion-esque uh, a beast with wings and hooves and, um, and gloves all the way up. She was covered her entire body. And then there was hair pieces that went over it. And it literally took myself and my boss, Chris Biggs at the time from Art and Magic Studios. It took us uh, 12 hours. Wow. to put her in and uh then she worked for about three hours and then we had to take it was such a long day and then it was another two three hours of getting her out of it but this again was in the 80s before we really learned um how to fasten it's before we would do full suits you know mm-hmm. a lot of times now we have fabricated full suits with muscles and everything but because she was a ballet dancer we wanted to see her body so all of the pieces were right on her. So, but we, we can do it faster nowadays. Thank gosh for the uh, the poor actors. That just sounds like so much fun because I'm I'm typically just a beauty artist. So the and your, your work is fabulous. Thank you. Unbelievable. Oh, Looks thank you so, so much. I just get so fascinated by the the other side of makeup, the special effects, because. It's just so different. And it's a totally different skill set that's required to, to execute and imagination to be able to execute those type of looks. And I love it so much. So if you all aren't watching on YouTube, you have to tune on, on YouTube because my eyes are so fixated on those Emmys back there. Oh, yeah. Like, where did, you, where did you get your Emmys for? Um, the first one I got was for The Stand. It was a uh, Stephen King novel and it we brought as a mini series okay uh, i think it was 92 or 93 uh and my very first year that i was up for that one uh i was also just started on star trek deep space nine and i was up so i was up against myself mm-hmm. and uh, um so but that's the one i won that year and that was great so it was it was brand new to me and it was it was a long hard shoot and uh so that we got this recognition was great and then the second one is for i'm like looking back trying to remember. uh the second one was for um star trek deep space nine where we did aging so we actually won for aging instead of aliens right. but um being on star trek you pretty much got up every year because we did so much work so i think i've been nominated another 11 times and uh and i i only won two so i had to go to all of those <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, didn't win tonight. So but hopefully the food was good and the experience. It's just, it's fun because, you know, there's nothing glamorous about doing, well, maybe your kind of makeup is glamorous, but, we're, you know, special effects, no, you're, you have blood all over, you got all kinds of stuff. So yeah, when we get to dress up and, and uh, yeah, have a nice meal, it's fun. Okay. Okay. So what is the story behind Silk Skin? Well, <laughs> since I came this background of special effects, we always dealt with silicone. We made molds out of silicone. Um, 
So we were, I was always familiar with silicone. And then in the 90s, uh, late 90s, we started using silicone as prosthetics instead of foam latex or gelatin. We started using silicone mm-hmm. um, uh, for our little prosthetics on our aliens. So I was using that. And about that time, I started noticing I was getting chest wrinkles. Okay. And uh, some of my actresses were as well. So I was like, that's, I'm, I'm going to get rid of this. <laughs> so I got to figure something out. So I knew that they were formed from sleeping on your side. And uh, so I was like, I just need something as a barrier to, to, to keep your chest flat while you're sleeping. So I tried everything. I'd like collagen, but it just folds over collagen pads or anything. And uh, around the time, uh, coincidentally, I got thyroid cancer. I'm actually a 22 year survivor. But afterwards, they gave me a piece of silicone to heal my scar. And so I was like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, I, I was like, just looking at it. And I was like, if I made this like a prosthetic and made it thicker, that would do it. That would give me my barrier. So mm-hmm. I did. I made a I made a, a little prosthetic that like a little yeah. thing that you can just wear on your chest. So I had my barrier. It kept it kept my skin flat so it wasn't forming new wrinkles. But then I started, well, why does this help scars? How is this helping scars? So I got into the whole technology of, of the occlusion of um, it going over the skin and creating an occlusive barrier, which hydrates the skin. And so then I just really started looking into it. So I started treating wrinkles as if they were scars. It's mostly through hydration, but um, yeah, it was just an added benefit uh, to it. So basically I created prosthetics and turned them into anti, anti-aging. Um, uh, thing. So, you know, I, I always make fun. I always say I, I went from making people look like that <laughs> to making them pretty. <laughs> so, um, and because there are um, so many wrinkles are formed at night when you're sleeping, not just chest wrinkles, but uh, nasal labials, you'll always see a, a deeper, deeper one on the side that you sleep on predominantly if you're a side sleeper. If you're not a side sleeper, oh, yeah that's that's the best but I wouldn't have a business so their skin is beautiful but even around your eyes um you get wrinkles caused from side sleeping I had no idea that's where wrinkles where wrinkles came from at all well they come from a lot of places like collagen breakdown and that's another thing that silicone does is it helps um with the irregular collagen structure of scars, because mm-hmm. scars are irregular collagen. So it it helps them flatten them out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, wrinkles are broken strands of collagen. Yes. So it, it's working with them as well. But the basis is, is through hydration. It really is. I can't wait to share this with my mother's friends because they're oh. always asking me like, what can, what can I do about this? I'm like, yes. I don't know. <laughs> They're going to love this. They are always asking me what to do about wrinkles or like just under eye stuff and just, you know, the things that come with aging. They're always asking yes. me. I'm only like in my mid thirties. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. How long did it take for the initial launch? So once you had this aha moment and you're like, oh, wow, silicone, I've been using this on set. And you saw the results with, you know, your own scars and everything. How long did it take from the idea to actually like launching the product? 
Well, I was still working and, and we work sometimes up to 80 hours a week. So I just kind of launched it and very slowly I built my own website mm -hmm. and um, just uh, my husband and I would package it on our on our dining room table if we got an order in. So it was just word of mouth. Uh, so it actually went on market in 2003 mm -hmm. uh, and just just I did AdWords and everything. So I drew some people, but I wasn't really looking to put it out there. I, of course, got it into our local makeup shops and uh, I always had it on set with me. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I used it. Well, a very funny story is because <clears throat> since I always had it, um, I was working with, <clears throat> excuse me, I was working with um, uh, Rob Lowe and he, you know, actors, when we have a lunch break, they go to sleep a lot. So he came in and he had um, marks all over his face from sleeping on the thing. So I was like, oh, you got to go on camera in like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I cut, cut up the, the pad, put it on his face. And he said, is that your boob pad? <laughs> I said, yeah, it is. <laughs> so, so from then on, it became known as the boob pad. Uh -huh. But um, uh, it got rid of those wrinkles. And I would use them on models too. And they would come in, you know, for a shoot and they'd have, you know, pants. They're not supposed to, but something they're doing a bathing suit. It can get rid of those. So it gets rid of a lot of other things I've used it for. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the launch was in 2003. And um, then I slowly started creating other, other products, uh, the neck and then the, for the whole face. Gotcha. And then I created a hand cream. So it just worked its way up until about um, eight years ago when I, I left the business just to do silk skin. Okay. Okay. So you just do, you don't do special effects or anything anymore? I do. It kind of got me back in. Okay. I, I went in uh, last week to do um, Dancing with the Stars. Okay. So, I do see that on your Instagram. Yeah. And, and I think next week I'm supposed to go to NCIS and do some dead bodies. So yeah, <laughs> I'm back into it. I kind of missed it a lot. <laughs> okay, I love that. So who is silk skin like specifically for, is it in like for like mature women, young women, or just anybody who has like those fine lines and things it's, they want to get? You know what? It, it's predominantly started. Uh, I started developing these in my early uh, late thirties. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's predominantly for women, thirties, forties, for getting more mature. However, our, um, iPads have become crazy popular with younger crowd. And it was because of, uh, uh, Cassie Randolph, who is from the bachelor and okay. she, unbeknownst to us, she starts, she said they're in her routine every day. It's our favorite thing from Amazon. She, and she, like did several of these plugs how she does her nighttime routine and she says and I never sleep without this so it went crazy because she uses it for preventative mm -hmm. which is is wonderful so a lot of other uh young actresses uh Zoe Deutsch uh jumped on and she's she's like I use them as well and so it was uh so they become super super popular with the younger for preventative so a lot of our stuff is for preventative a lot are moving more towards no, uh, you know, Botox or fillers. Mm -hmm. So they're preventing it so they don't have to get it. Right. And you'll, you'll love our little iPads because I use them as shadow shields. Oh, cool. So I'll put them on my actors and it gets rid of puffiness in the morning. Your actors or you have any puffiness in the morning. 
And if you keep them in the refrigerator, they're really nice. They take down puffiness and they give a little treatment when you're doing a smoky eye. They can also be used um, right up here. I notice everybody, we used to do it in the 80s. They put something right there so they can make the cat eye. Yeah. And they can be used for that too. <laughs> I love that. That's what I always do. I always put something sharp there for. Yeah, these, these were great. <laughs> right up there. I was like, ah, okay. Another okay. use. So a reusable? lot of our makeup artists have these in their kits. Nice. Are they reusable? Yes. All of our pads are reusable for up to 30 days. And there's, there's no adhesive on them. They're all completely 100% silicone. Um, and it's the way that they're cured. They become inherently sticky. Mm -hmm. And so you just put them on. They can be washed. And that stickiness does not get removed. It actually helps it uh, stay longer the adhesive quality because it gets rid of all exfoliated skin cells because they are very exfoliating mm. and uh, it'll help it stick longer, but up to 30 days, our iPads, cause they're much thinner cause you don't want to pull on the, the sensitive area under the eyes. They are used for 15 days okay. um, and uh, you don't have to wash these as much because uh, they're supposed to be on clean, dry skin. So they shouldn't get anything on there. Mm -hmm. uh, but we give six in the pack. So you, the, our iPads are up for 45 days. Okay. How often is it, could somebody use them? Or is it a such thing as overusing them, like doing it too much? No, no. Because, well, they're made predominantly just when you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. However, some people don't like it. They do warm up. I don't even feel them anymore. Um, but you can wear them any time of the day if you're around the house. Some people just wear... The, the decollete pad, it's like, oh, I'm going out tonight. And it's like, I haven't worn it in a while because it works very fast. And it definitely works overnight, which is incredible because people see um, overnight results, which is always instant grat gratification is great. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, they can be worn anytime. So you can't overuse them. I, love that. I, I saw some of the before and afters too on your Instagram and they're like really like, yeah like very um, apparent that there is a before and the after because sometimes you see these products and it's like did it really do anything but the silk skin y'all is really are. is doing all, something amazing all of our before and afters are like two weeks apart mm -hmm. and everyone you see is uh is from my kids uh grade school and so uh, they are the nurse the moms, uh, the baseball moms, every one of them were people I knew. And I was like, Hey, do you, <laughs> do you want to do this? They were grandmas of the kids in the school. So, um, yeah, they were all real people. And, um, just, I would approach them and say, Hey, would you want to do a shoot for me? Mm -hmm. And they all wore them for two weeks at night. And yeah, the, these results were outstanding. Wow. Wow. I love that. Do people generally have um, allergic reactions to silicone, like with latex? I know a lot of people have latex allergies. Yes, but silicone that's is why we have no latex. We have no fillers. Um, there is not a lot of uh, allergic reactions to silicone. It's very, very safe. That's why they use it in the medical field, mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, for wound healing. And uh, I think over 22 years, I've noticed only two people that have an actual allergy to silicone and one was my hairdresser <laughs> yeah, wow. unfortunately wow. but he did, he did have a little break usually if we see any kind of reaction or rashes it's because somebody's worn a product underneath mm -hmm. so because what it does it turns the pads into transdermal so it's pushing whatever there you know some people have tried to put um uh 
hydroxy acids or something on their skin and put it over and they'll have the complete outline. I was like, did you wear something under that? And they're like, oh, just a little acid. And it's like, no, but that's the only time we really see a reaction other than those two times that definitely was uh, dermatologist said, yes, they have, they have a uh, reaction to silicone. Okay. Okay. What's the biggest myth, I guess, that you hear over and over again about wrinkles or just aging that people have? I don't know. There's so much it comes out. So, so it, you're just hit with stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. One of the biggest myths is that you can't do anything about it mm-hmm. because I definitely think you can. I think you can, you know, I think you can prevent it. I, you know, I've done it hopefully to myself. I'm 62. Okay. So, yes, so it's like, I've been wearing them for 22 years. And I was like, I think I, I stopped the aging on my chest. Definitely. Uh-huh. So I, I think that things can be done and doesn't always need needles and other stuff like that though. Hey, I'm all for Botox and everything. If you want to do it, go for it. Yeah. Do a lot of men get into it and in using the product? Yes, uh, especially our forehead pad, which okay. I don't have right here. But we have one for the whole forehead. They love love that one. In fact, on one show I was doing, um, uh, David Lyons was the actor, and he it was a superhero type of thing, and he wore it's called a cape, and he had this cape, and he had this this thing that was pushing into his head and everything. So we started using the forehead pad under it. And then he's like, wow, look at my forehead afterwards. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was great. So he would, I would send them to him. He tried to buy the company for distri- distribution in Australia where, where he's from, mm-hmm. but I already had a distributor there. Right. I saw you had like a hand cream or something too, right? Yeah, okay. that's our, um, it's amazing. I have to send you some. <laughs> it's especially for the winter. It's, it's the same thought behind it. I'm using scar technology for anti-wrinkles. So this is the same idea that I'm using scar material. So it's still silicone, but think of Mederma, you know, the Mederma you put on little scars. So I created this, a hand lotion, but with that as an ingredient, the silicone as an ingredient. Mm -hmm. And um, so again, treating, treating uh, wrinkles as if they were scars. And this creates such a wonderful barrier on your skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see water will uh, actually beat up on it. So during the pandemic, we sent this, we ran out because we sent to um, first responders, nurses. Mm-hmm. Now I have so many nurses that are, are customers because they just loved it. It saved their hands during all the hand washing and everything. I love that. Because I know one of the things I guess for everybody, like they always say like your hands and like your chest area would tell like your age. Yeah, keep those you know areas wrinkle free. Then people would never know how old you are. Yeah, unfortunately, I I invented it too late because after so many years of my hands in acetone and alcohol every day, so I definitely needed it then. Okay, okay, let's play a game of never have I ever. I forgot to tell you about this. So I have a never have I ever (laughs) statement for you. If this has happened to you before, like share the you know the story behind it. Um, if not, then I guess, yeah, if not. So look, never have I ever created a character that genuinely made me scared. Like, have you ever created like a character on a on a set that you were like, this is just too real looking, like I'm kind of scared? Yeah, and it happened for a lot of people on this movie. The movie was called The Cell. 
and oh. it was uh, 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 JLo. Yes. Um, and the character was truly evil in his mind. We had so many people quit because of they just didn't feel comfortable with this. And I have to say that the, his character, Vincent D'Onofrio's character, you know, and I had to do things like he had hooks down his back to be hot. Yeah, it scared me. I didn't like being around him. Most of the actors, because if they get really into that character, they become it. And you could just, it, there was evil. It was evil. And yeah, I did not like that whole that his character at all. Wow, that is so interesting. And they really do like start to embody these characters. I, I always wonder on like those kind of sets, like horror movies or, you know, things like that. If it's things going on on set because that you're creating that energy or bringing that energy, like that dark energy onto the set. And then like you said, the characters embody it. So when they say cut, like they're still a character. Yeah, walking around, yeah. You know. yeah that was pretty much it. Cause I did so many of the slasher movies in the eighties and they were more tongue in cheek. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so evil, but I gotta say that one was, yeah. I, <laughs> okay. That was the only one. Okay, now I'm going to have to go back and watch the sale so I can see oh. <laughs> exactly the character you're talking about. Yeah, so when you developed um, Silk Skin, or even from development up until now, have there been any like challenges or unforeseen hurdles that you had to overcome? Uh, well, originally I started having the products made in China for the expense. And it was just the inferior products and I didn't know what I was getting. And I really didn't want to be that person to bring stuff to people that they're putting on their sensitive chest or their face or under their eyes. So I, yeah, that was a hurdle I had to overcome. And I brought it all back to the States and I have it made uh, very close to me. Um, I could manufacture it myself, but I would need a huge place. So I do have it manufactured in FDA approved facility. And uh, where I can for, I can go and see 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 it and create it. It's in a sterile room. That was that was a big hurdle. And um, the other thing is that uh, we have so many knockoffs now coming in from China, and I mean they just not they take your exact exact copies and they mm -hmm. knock it off, and you can't fight it because it's just another one comes right up, and they sell them on Alibaba for pennies pennies and they're not using 100% silicone we don't know what they're using they cause a lot of rashes and everything so that was a big hurdle because people were like oh look at this same thing cheaper yeah. and then they always come back because they're like oh okay <laughs> yeah there's a reason it's cheaper mm -hmm. um, yeah so that was definitely a hurdle that there were so many so many copycats yeah. uh, since we were the originator it's like people come back to us. We do have the quality and, and we stand behind that a hundred percent. Okay. Is there like a process or any, um, I don't know if it's like paperwork or regulations behind getting medical grade silicone at the capacity that you're getting it? Uh, no, because it was, uh, luckily for us, uh, though I insist on an FDA approved facility, this type of silicone was uh, downgraded to like a level one. So it's, uh, it doesn't have to be FDA approved. I just like to have it in that facility, be, you know, for the quality reasons. 
Yeah. Uh, but yes, there's definitely paperwork and, you know, I have it in a lot of other countries. So I have to go through all that, that paperwork to get it approved because some of theirs have to be approved. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. We have to go through all of that. <laughs> How'd you all manage during COVID? Um, we did well at predominantly we were selling to estheticians at the time and they all shut down and I felt so bad. So we created a drop shipping program for them so that um, uh, they could send these products because they are for home care. Mm -hmm. So they, um, they would send their clients the, the products. And at the same time, because we had to keep it up, we had to up our thing on Amazon. We just upped our entire storefront on Amazon mm -hmm. and worked on that because everybody was inside and, and yeah, you, you do self-care. So you're doing your own facials, you're doing so... It, we made it through, <laughs> definitely, and uh, <clears throat> because of that, because people did do it. But yeah, we I felt so bad for our estheticians. Yeah. It, just, it hurt them so bad. It really did. I was telling somebody else that on another episode, because I have a friend, a close friend who's an esthetician, and uh, they, in Virginia, and Virginia was very strict on their, in, in what they wanted them to have in place in order to reopen, and it took forever. Yes. Yeah. Ever. Oh my gosh. <sighs> this is, I just love the idea. I'm over here thinking about so many people that I can tell about <laughs> because like, I think it's something that's really innovative and that, you know, people really enjoy, especially like with the whole self-care aspect of things going on now. I think people are really going to enjoy learning about silk skin if they haven't heard about it already. Yes, I hope so. Yes. How have you, um, how has the way that you've marketed um, silk skin changed since the beginning up until now? You know, we've gone through the Facebook and then through the Instagram and now TikTok. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I'm actually enjoying making TikToks now because at my uh, PR, they don't do that. So, um, but yeah, no, we have to have a PR company and it's with all the marketing. It's, it's so much from where I started on my little tiny, you know, I made my own little website and everything. Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, we've had to grow, of course, yes. with our thing. But sometimes, sometimes the the amount of work for that, it's like all I say is, I really like to go make a monster today. <laughs> so just I would just want to paint something that's not going to argue back or <laughs> right. I totally get that. Are there any like pros or cons that you've seen with um, selling on Amazon? It's tough. Amazon is so tough uh, because people, they try to get your products so they could sell it, so they could sell it under map. And there's been like a lot of issues recently. We've had um, some of our international uh, distributors sell back to people on Amazon and they go under map or pri our pricing. So there's always that. And, and we try to keep a strict map pricing because of our estheticians because they're the little guy. And then when their customer's like, oh, I can find that on Amazon, you know, so much cheaper and it'll be here tomorrow. Yes. So we want them to still have th that because you trust your esthetician or, or your nurse or whatever who's saying, I use this stuff, it's great. You know, it's, it's, it's safe and it's effective. So I want it coming word of mouth from our estheticians. And so that definitely hurts them when stuff like that happens on Amazon and Amazon themselves, they will try to overrun you. So I actually have to have a whole team now um, because up until the uh, pandemic, I just ran it myself because it was kind of a secondary. Mm -hmm. so yeah, now we have a full team 
that knows all the ins and outs. So, cause they, Amazon will change its, its algorithms every day. Something's going on with them. Exactly. Oh God. So, yeah, definitely love hate. <laughs> okay, okay. So what do you want your legacy to be like with yourself or with, with Silk Skin? Um, well, I'd love to see my daughter take over, though she wants to be in the FBI. She'll be coming out by you, I think, to go to school. Okay. <laughs> um, but she even said, I said, oh, maybe I'll just sell this when I retire someday. And she's like, no, it's mine. So I'd like to pass it on to her. I um, definitely want to go back into makeup for a while and uh, okay. see what I can do there since I've been out of it for a while. Like, you know, since this kind of almost runs itself. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can get back and, and do some of that. So, yeah. I love that. I love a good, a good um, pass down of a business to the children. I yeah. love <laughs> Anything coming up next for you? Uh, no, not really. We're uh, working on, um, working on a hyaluronic acid um, serum. I'm also looking into peptides and, uh, uh, that on that front. And like I said, going back to, to doing some makeup. So mm -hmm. now that my kids are driving now too, so I don't have to, you know, take them to school every morning. So right. this, this whole, this whole business was a blessing because I had tried so hard to have kids. And then when I finally had them, I'm working 80 hours a week and it was like, mm. so I had finally made that decision just go with silk skin and, and make it work. Just, just push for that, do that. I was home with the kids when they needed me. I got to go to all of their stuff at school. And uh, so it was such a blessing. But now you know, they have one more year off to college. And so I'm going to go back and make some monsters. <laughs> okay. I love that. This has been great. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Before you go, though, I have to ask you the Friends and Beauty rapid fire questions. Oh, that no. Anticipating <laughs> so much. Oh, no. Okay. But you'll be great. I know you'll be great. <laughs> yes. So the first one, what are the top three keys to your success so far? Persistence. That is the number one. Don't ever, ever say you can't do anything. That's probably number two. It's like fake it till you make it. Say I can do it and then just go and do it. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, efficiency. Definitely efficiency. Okay. Okay. And how do you measure your success? Uh, sometimes I don't think I'm like, oh, I, I failed at that, but I measure them mostly through my kids, my mm -hmm. success that I, I got to do that. And it was a hard road and, uh, yeah, I'm very successful at the kids and I know I'm su successful at makeup because I have those two little Emmy things. So but I still have to tell myself, you know, eh. <laughs> You got to think about it. Gratitude every day. Absolutely. What's the best advice you've ever received or a piece of advice that just always stuck with you? Uh, I think uh, an English teacher, Miss Matil, who I'm still friends with on Facebook, um, she, she, she was the one that kind of pushed me into, she had a class where uh, we did television production. That was my absolute first love. I was going into film and that was that. Uh, but also my writing, because she told me I could do anything and I could go anywhere um, and I could I could be anything. And uh, that was my motive behind, you know, coming all the way out to California and camping. And and uh, when they did write that book about us, I dedicated my chapter to her because oh, nice. she said I could do anything. 
I love that. That's so sweet. Oh, shout out to her. That's so nice. What advice would you give to another beauty brand owner right now who is just not seeing the results that they want with their brand and they're just ready to give up? I don't like giving up. So, and yes, there's many days you want to give up, but I just always uh, persist and just keep pushing, find other ways. Um, you can find other ways. Don't give up. And I, so many times I'm like, oh, want to give up but it's like no there's gonna there's something else like um you know our estheticians haven't fully come back yet you know they're they're writing so now i've um so i decided you know what would be a great people to hit for this are brides because of the low dresses so i i designed this whole campaign and um we just started it and today i got my first uh, bridal salon uh mm-hmm. signing up for a wholesale account so that's it. So I'm just finding another way. So one one path is blocked and I'm so I'm taking another route. <laughs> I love that. Just like the pivot or just the creative different ways that you can, you know, get other people involved. I like that idea for bridal because they want to look like so, you know, picture perfect on their day and at the honeymoon and all of that. Yeah, and a lot of brides are older these days. So and mm-hmm. mothers of the brides, they want to look great too. <laughs> true. Okay. What's a resource that has helped you in your business that you could share with the friends and beauty community? Oh, let's see, a resource. Um, you know, it had to be through my makeup connections because uh, that was the biggest resource I had. All, that's all I knew how to do. Mm-hmm. So it was through those connections. And when I first started, it was, oh, I had friends that were doing other, uh, other they had created other makeups. Like I had a friend that had... Uh, um, he had done tattoos. So I was like, after him, it's like, oh, I love your packaging. And so he did his packaging very much like mine. He turned me on to who does his packaging. So I had to rely on, even though they weren't all necessarily going into the beauty business, but rely on their experience starting their own brands too, because I had none. Yeah. I, was, I love that um, because that's how Friends and Beauty was basically built was off of community and just networking and building those relationships. And it's so important just, just for the simple things like that, of knowing where to get your packaging or having ideas for design and bouncing ideas of off, off of other people, yes. regardless of what industry they're in. We could always, always help each other. Yes. I love that. The last one, I just want you to fill in the blank and just say, my name is... <laughs> love these faces my name is blank and the key to longevity and success is whatever you think it is my name is camille calve della santina <laughs> maiden and mary um what was it key to success or key to longevity mm-hmm. um don't stop don't don't give up and um just keep going it's like everyone's like oh when are you gonna retire it's like mm, don't think i'm going to my 82 year old mother-in-law still runs a candle shop here in LA and she still makes all of her candles for all the movies you see so it's like don't don't stop you don't have to stop Mm -hmm. don't stop don't stop all righty well before you go share your social media information and however you would like people to connect with you and silk skin 
Oh, uh, well, we're under Silkskin, S-I-L-C, for silicone, S-K-I-N. And we are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, which I'm having fun with. And uh, yeah, all the other ones, you know, you can always um, info at silkskin.com, our, our website, silkskin.com, and I can always be reached through there as well. All right. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Camille. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Friends in Beauty podcast. Don't forget, sharing is caring. Share this episode with at least one friend in beauty and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts so that other friends in beauty can find this show. Plus, we'd love to hear your feedback. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty, hashtag Friends in Beauty to join the conversation and join our Friends in Beauty Facebook community to stay connected. Talk to you soon.